Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. On today's episode, we are going to look into our Mario Cristobals and try and predict the future, predict how the 2023 recruiting cycle will play out. But before we get to those predictions, I want to run a theory by the two of you, because I've been thinking about how the next few years will play out in recruiting, and I think we could be entering uh, a period where we're going to see more parity in college football, and not parity in terms of like Minnesota or Purdue winning a national title or anything like that, but parity among the elite teams, because obviously Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and Ohio State have kind of been dominating the sport for the last several years, but I think we're about to see uh, some other teams narrow the gap in recruiting. So Texas A&M just pulled in the greatest recruiting class ever, so they're going to be closing that gap. Uh, USC was dormant forever, but now has Lincoln Riley as the head coach. He's probably or has a good chance to pull in consistent top five type recruiting classes and prevent Southern California kids, or at least some of them, from uh, going to Ohio State wherever. or Alabama, wherever, schools Oregon. like that. Yeah, even Oregon, yep. Um, Then you've got uh, Miami now has Mario Cristobal, who is about to kill it in recruiting in a way that Miami has not in a long time. I know people say, oh, Miami always recruits well. He's going to step it up a notch for sure, uh, a couple notches. And that's going to make it harder for the other top programs to steal kids from South Florida. So I think... And I I forgot about Florida. Billy Napier is taking over for Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen had kind of, you know, was not known as an elite recruiter. I think Napier is going to elevate the talent level at Florida. So you're going to start seeing the gap between, you know, maybe the top ranked class and the the class that's ranked seventh or eighth start to shrink. And so I think we're going to have talent dispersed more evenly among the top programs. So maybe championships and playoff appearances will be a little bit more even among those top programs. Yeah, I think you just already kind of started to see it a little bit this year with A&M finishing number one. There's going to be other schools that are going to pop up like that. And I, I agree. I think it's going to continue to be like that. With it, It's kind of situational sometimes, but the coaches you kind of mentioned um, and the, the investment, like uh, the use making, I, I think you're right. Didn't even mention like yeah, I LSU. Didn't even bring up, <laughs> yeah, I know. Notre Dame. They're always Marcus great. Freeman. Yeah, yeah there seems to be elevating their recruiting. So. Anyway, uh, let's get to our recruiting draft here. So we're going to go six rounds, and the goal is for the group of teams you draft to have the best average recruiting class ranking according to the 24-7 sports composite. So just draft who you think's going to have the best ranked class. Trey, we we randomized the draft order. You again have the top pick here, but it's a snake draft, so it'll even out. It's all right. I'm running hot on those. Those uh, drafts starts. All right, so I'm going to say, number one, I'm going to take Alabama uh, just because I'm. it's a pretty much a lock to be a top-two class these days. Even though A&M clipped them this year, I'm pretty sure that uh, I'm going to go with the, the sure thing in Alabama. Yeah, that's uh, that, to me that was the easy number one. Uh, all right, at number two, I'm going to take Georgia. Um, they were number three this year. They were four before that, then one and two. So they've we're averaging about two, two and a half the last you know four years or so. And I don't see Kirby Smart slowing down anytime soon. So Georgia number two, especially after the title, that is a safe pick. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right, yep. I've got two picks here, and I'm going to mm. go with at number three USC. 
Um, maybe I'm getting a little, I'm a USC fan, mm-hmm. so maybe I'm getting a little over optimistic nah. here, but even with Clay Helton, USC was able to pull in a few top 10 classes with Lincoln Riley. I think there's a good chance they finish top five and, you know, he elevated the recruiting at Oklahoma. He kind of raised that ceiling even higher than what Bob Stoops was able to do at USC. There is no ceiling. You can finish with the number one class. It's been done many times. Now it might take them a while to get there, but they already have three five-star commitments as we record this. That's why yeah. I kind of yeah. felt safe That's picking insane. them here because as long as they You're hold already... on to those guys, yeah. it's it's hard to finish much lower than third. But uh, but as we'll see, there's a lot of potential teams to finish in the top five. So who knows? Yeah. But uh, my next pick is, and these could go either order, but Texas A&M. They Ooh. just had. Do you, oh, Ryan, you think that's maybe a little too soon? I don't know. They just had the I greatest recruiting class of all time. Yeah. Prior to that, they were in the four to eight range. So maybe maybe this one has a little bit more variance. So maybe it wasn't the safest pick. But um, I don't know. They clearly did a great job in this new NIL era. They yeah, absolutely dominated. Maybe other teams will catch up next year. But I don't know. I they think were just also one. maybe You're like the, the only- you got to have confidence in A&M being a good team maybe just you know Jimbo's really got to have a good offense you know they kind of struggled offensively so maybe he doesn't pan out that great you know well they weren't they weren't that great this year on the field and they still pulled in the number one class but another not so so good fair rebuttal but he's gone okay well anyway that's a possibility i I hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying i'm kind of regretting the pick (laughs) i feel like it's it's not the safest pick because the next pick is much safer yeah (laughs) <laughs> All right. I know who it's going to be. Ohio State yeah. is going to be the, the, my my next pick. Yeah, just because Ryan Day is not going anywhere. I mean, they're going to be amazing no matter what. If they, they finished fourth, um, second, fifth, second, that's the last four classes. So they're always top five. Um, and Day is just an, an unbelievable job. Why wouldn't I mean, elite talent want to go continue to play there? But like Michael said, some maybe some of those Florida guys are going to be more likely to stick. here's the other thing here's the reason i mean ohio state is a great pick there they could have gone earlier but the reason i i kind of edged texas a&m over them is that this is a pretty weak year in the state of ohio i know ohio state recruits nationally but there were uh not a lot of highly ranked guys in the state this year so maybe that has a little bit of an effect fair enough yeah just for one year right just a recruiting class for one year we're talking about so yeah that's true all right i'm gonna go with LSU. Uh, Brian Kelly, he only took 15 uh, in his transition class, at least in terms of uh, high school. Uh, but they had a very high average rating. Sorry, they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, LSU, though, historically, they've been fifth, fourth, and third in the rankings prior to this year. Uh, if you include transfers this year, they were sixth. So I think his name carries some weight. As long as he doesn't dance in any more YouTube uh, videos, he'll be, uh, he'll be just fine. <laughs> Uh, so LSU will be up there, and then we'll snake it back. I'm between two here. You know what? I'm I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go with Notre Dame, Ooh, whoa, and just okay. because I know it might be a little early, but I just like Marcus Freeman. Renown is a great recruiter, and he's already showing his chops. How they finished seventh this year, even without Brian Kelly in this transition year. And next year, they're currently at number one. I know it's very, very early, but they've already signed two five stars, seven four stars. Them. They haven't signed them, but I know. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. They've committed yeah. two, two five stars, seven four stars already. So even if they kind of go average all the way in, this is going to be a very good class. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good one. This okay. So that's the thing you got to take into consideration who they already have. Um, man, this is so this is a tough one for me. This next I'm hoping one. you I'm don't between, take. I'm hoping you don't take a certain team that I really want to get. I'm between two. I'm between two and. All right, I'm gonna go with that's ah, tough. I'm gonna go with Texas. Okay. Yeah, um, Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, they were number five this year, and then in 2018 and 19, they finished third both those years. So I mean, you know, and if Quinn Ewers comes in and starts playing pretty well then i can see the excitement coming back into texas and i mean that's it's hard to go against texas because uh, you know tom herman was pulling in routinely top five ish eight classes um even when he wasn't like lighting it on fire at times so that's that's a, a good pick it's a reasonable pick i i will say you gave me a little crap if 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 you know a&m has a iffy year yeah, on the field well texas they went five and seven if they have another not yeah, we're so talking about year. the eighth ranked team here so we're not talking about uh number two or three no i hear you we're, we're getting a little farther down the list but <laughs> no, but no texas fair. they were the other team i was considering for this spot but i am very happy this team fell to me i'm taking miami i'm taking the u yeah uh, mm. this is that a bet on mario cristobal in one of the most talent rich areas of the country at oregon he was able to pull a couple of top 10 classes at miami where he has that access to talent I could easily see them finishing top five. Like that would not surprise me yeah. at all. I think it's going to be a monster class. And he did a really good job closing out the 2022 class as it was. So with a full year, I feel good yeah. about him. And then snaking back, let's see. You've already taken LSU, Texas. Okay. This team fell pretty far, but I think rightfully so. Uh, Clemson. I'm going to take Clemson. Uh, okay. They don't often take huge classes, so that that could hurt them um, because they don't oversign. But and they also just lost some of the best recruiters in the country. They lost Tony Elliott, the offensive coordinator. Yeah. They lost Brent Venable. So so that's why I kind of understand why they fell this far. But I don't know. It's Clemson. They're a wild you know? card. Yeah, they're I mean, a wild even, card. Even, they can finish like second or. <laughs> that is a great point. I think they have a high variance. Yeah, they could jump right back up to yeah. fourth or fifth. But I don't know. I it could also with all the new pieces on the coaching staff maybe they finished well, 10th 11th 12th for reference of what we're talking about here that was the 10th pick we just made so yeah saying clemson finishing 10th is not like that, that's not a stretch at all to me no but I they, think that's a good pick yeah yep yeah no okay. problem so it, it just kind of was thinking about that i just counted my head like what number are we at and picking clemson 10th it's like oh no that that's good yeah feel feel solid with that um okay oh, here's yeah, the yeah, thing about this episode is Everyone who gets picked now for the next few picks, and yeah, I know. probably even Clemson fans, those fans are going to be like, are you crazy? We're going to finish better than this. But it's hard. There's so many good coaches at really good go programs. Yeah. It's not all of them can finish with top five, top ten classes. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to get left out of it. Okay. My next pick. Man, it's getting tough. But I'm going to go. Man, I am so. That's tough. I'll take Florida. I'm going to take Florida with Billy Napier. Okay. You just, they got to be able, they have so much talent over there. Billy Napier is bringing in some good players. Obviously I think they will be much improved on the field. I think he's just going to get after it, man. And I think he'll kind of get, I mean, you know, saw Dan Mullen pulling a couple of ninth rank classes and he wasn't known exactly as an elite recruiter for sure. Um, Billy Napier's done a great job recruiting, even though I'll be at a lower level. So uh, I was debating between another school, but Florida, if you're talking about an 11th place, I think they can get there in recruiting ranks. So I'll take Florida. I love Billy Napier. Yep. Yep. All right. I'm going to go with Penn State. It just, it seems like James Franklin has kind of maybe hit a, 
a slightly new gear with recruiting since the the new contract that he has. He finished this last class with the number number six rated, already a highly rated class for next year with eight commits. This past year, he pulled in three five stars, so he's trying to to dig into Ohio State's clinch on on the East um, and and even Michigan coming up. So. I think with the guarantee that he'll be there, I'm confident that the Nittany Lions will, will pull in some strong talent. And then snaking back, I'm going to take Oklahoma. Uh, Brent Venables, I think he did a, a great job salvaging this transition class. Didn't You didn't think it was going to be that great, especially considering all the talent that left, but they finished number eight. And they Oklahoma as a program, they consistently hover around the top ten. Don't see why Venables couldn't do the same. Um, he'll have the defensive side. Maybe Lebby can get the, the, his presence on the offensive side and use his connections from Clemson. Should be good. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good one. Uh, all right. You got something to add there, Mike? No, oh, it's just, I mean, I'm just already hearing Oklahoma fans being like, we in a short 13th? class, we finished 13th? eighth. Yeah. How is we finishing 13th? But it's just, it's it's hard. It's, it's stacked. I know, it's tough. There's so many, yeah, it's stacked, especially with, USC, LSU, and Miami, who finished behind all these teams this yeah. previous cycle for you know various reasons, you're expecting them to make a big jump, so that kind of lowers some other teams' ceilings. Yep. All right, so on to number 14, uh, 14th pick. I am going to take, I'm going to take Michigan. Um, they were ninth this past year, um, and then they were 13th, 10th, and 8th the prior year, so pretty much every year there it was in that top 14 range and they were great on the field so i feel like that should at least kind of pay some dividends and harbaugh is kind of at least committed to continuing to be the coach there so he got a good class when he was almost going to get fired so (laughs) i think he can keep doing a good job okay yeah that's uh, a good pick i will go with oregon uh dan lanning of course is a kirby smart disciple so you know he's going to place huge emphasis on recruiting he added tosh lapoy to his staff one of the best recruiters in college football um i do think it will be hard though to replicate some of mario cristobal's best classes because like we said with usc, USC down in southern california that's it's no longer going to be as easy to poach some of those uh that's who they were uh, stealing from a lot, you know, those yeah, big yeah. time so, recruits. Yeah, I mean, with Lincoln Riley there, it's no longer going to be easy to poach. So that might yeah. hurt, but, I mean, Oregon finishing top 15 does not sound like a stretch at all. Yeah. No. And then, so let's see, I've got my last pick here. I will take, hmm, this is a toughie between two. I'm going to go North Carolina. They've finished top 15 for three consecutive years under Mac Brown. They were pretty disappointing on the field this past season, so... Another down year, I wouldn't feel as great about this, but I don't know. It's a tough choice. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. North Carolina's a fine pick. All right, so what, pick number 17 we're at here. I am going to take, for my last pick, Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah, I was ah, debating between. Yep. That was me. Yep, yep. Josh Heupel's got a pretty exciting offense, which I think yeah. is going to maybe attract some guys, want to play for them. Probably, I bet you he's going to land some really stud offensive players uh, in this 2023 class. But, you know, they were 17th this year, and then in the years prior they were 22, 11, 13. So Tennessee routinely brings in top 15 guys. It's just they haven't really panned out for them, but – with the, with the way they finished, and I think they're going to have exciting play next this this whole season offensively. And, you know, the NIL as well, I think as they get that more organized, that's really going to help them maybe more so than a team like North Carolina. So yeah. regretting that pick. Good. Good pick, Ryan. 
Thank you. Oh, that was my next one. All right. My last one, and now the reason I'm going to take these guys is because there is a chance. I'm not saying they're they're going to, of course. It's a long shot. But there's a chance that if they land a certain recruit, they could jump up very high. And I'm, that's Ole Miss. They're in yeah, the running for Arch Manning. Like, you know, it. I wouldn't bet on it, but there's obviously reasons for him to go to Ole Miss with the family heritage. But, you know, Lane, this this uh, most recent class, he, he focused a lot more on the transfer market. Um, so they ended up 14th if you factor in the transfers. Uh, in terms of high school recruiting, not not as great. But this, this upcoming class, he's already uh, had a commit from a very high four-star. I think he can improve now that he's more entrenched in the, the Ole Miss uh, in Mississippi area in the South for a couple years. And like I said, if he lands Arch Manning, that could he could build a, a big class around him. Yeah, even without Arch Manning, I he could finish top fifteen or close to it. Uh, yeah, so. totally, totally. Yeah. But he's my that was a, my home run. Yeah. All right, there you have it. There's our list. Who was the top team that on your list that didn't get drafted? For me, all eighteen were. That was my top eighteen, not in the same order, but. Oh. Yep. Okay. I, I I was missing two. Okay. Who are you? Missing? I had. Um, at 17, I had Arkansas. I think yeah. Sam Pittman uh, showing some promise there. I think he can. Uh, I think he's going to start paying dividends more on the recruiting front. And then I put Florida State just because it's Florida State still like routinely they were they've been 20th, 22nd, 23rd, 18. Like they're always right there. So um, they've got off to a pretty solid start for the 23 class. Yeah, Florida State was my first team. First team left out. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for checking out this episode of the College Football Bros. Let us know your biggest disagreement either on Twitter at CFB Bros or in the YouTube comments, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.